I'm Carol Coletta, and this is Night Cities. Design powerfully influences our behavior. About that, we are certain. But as a foundation that is built on the belief that informed and engaged communities are essential to strong democracies, Knight wants to understand how design, and specifically the design of our communities, can influence civic engagement. For answers, Knight turned to the Center for Active Design. The center has led the development of design guidelines that promote physical activity. Now the center, under the leadership of Joanna Frank, is exploring how design can also promote civic engagement. Joanna Frank is our guest today on Night Cities. Joanna, based on your work on active design, what have you learned about the power of design to influence behavior? Good morning, Carol. Yes, so... There is absolutely no doubt that the design of our streets, our buildings, and our neighborhoods uh, has a profound impact on everyone's behavior. Um, this is something that we've been studying around health for a long time. Uh, we call this active design. Um, this is where we look at the research base um, and use it to really understand uh, the impact of different design elements on people's behavior and their use of public and private spaces. Um, just as an example of this, um, we know we can predict uh, how, how much people are going to walk down a street, um, and we can use design elements to really increase uh, the amount of walking, elements such as including benches, which may seem counterintuitive, but that actually does increase the number of people willing to walk, uh, trees, having this uh, pedestrian scale for the street, having visual stimulus, so lots of shops, lots of things to look at, um, and then also having a destination within a walking distance. Uh, so we can, we can use design to actually predict that that will increase the amount of people walking, um, and that is the kind of the main thesis of active design. And you produced a set of active design guidelines for cities and, and architects to use uh, to make places that people are uh, more likely to be physically active. Is there good take up on, on that set of guidelines that you've produced? Are people using them? Yeah, absolutely. So they were first published in New York City in 2010. Um, and since then, it's actually now mandatory um, for all New York City funded projects have to use active design guidelines, which means that all of the public buildings that New York City is funding, but also the affordable housing that it partly funds uh, are using active design. But beyond that, um, we've seen many other cities take up the active design guidelines. Sacramento just actually a couple of months ago um, have used the active design guidelines specifically um, to change their zoning ordinance and also their design guidelines around housing. Uh, so this is something that it's got has a lot of momentum. Something that we also see is we've done a lot of training of uh, professionals in a whole kind of wide spectrum of different professional backgrounds from architects, designers, uh, policy people, health professionals. Um, and when we evaluate that, they're actually 90% of the people who we train say that they do plan to use active design in the future. Um, so we do find that once people are aware of the connection between the design of where we live and work and play and the risk of uh, various different issues, uh, health is one of them, um, that, that it's, it's very intuitive once that connection has been made and people, people have been shown to use it. 
Joanna, for the current work you're doing for Knight Foundation, you're attempting to influence not active physical behavior through design. In this case, you're trying to influence civic engagement. Now, civic engagement can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. For the purpose of the work you're doing, how are you defining civic engagement? So we have actually, we started um, by doing an extensive literature review um, and really looking around the subject because this intersection between design and civic engagement doesn't really exist currently as a field of study. So we looked at political science, we've looked at behavioral science, urban planning. And then what we've done is um, we've built off the indices and the definitions that are currently in use in those fields. So we're really building on others' uh, expertise and building this field. Um, and then what we did is we looked um, at four main measurable objectives. Um, and those objectives are um, local voting. So all of these pieces really are about local. So local voting is, is the first. Stewardship of the public realm. Um, civic engagement and appreciation, which we define as really trust in your neighbor and also that you appreciate the role that local government has in looking after the public space and influencing the design of your public places. And then lastly, participation in public life. Um, so an example of this would be a social interaction. Uh, that you, the kind of the casual social interactions that you have within a neighborhood, um, but also more organized social interaction. Where are the biggest gaps in the research? You said you relied on research to not only to define civic engagement, but also your understanding of how design might move civic engagement in the way that you've seen it moves physical activity. What don't we know that we need to know to be able to design with confidence? So I think the evidence at this point doesn't show us the specificity of design strategies. So the evidence shows us that place matters, that density and walkability of a community matters um, and definitely has an influence on those four indicators. But what we don't know is what part of that design of that neighborhood is actually influencing um, the civic engagement. So um, what we would really like to understand is can we actually define the specific design strategies in the same way that we did with active design with benches and trees? Can we get it down to that level of specificity? Because that is what we really need in order to be able to replicate the spaces that, that at this point do um, enhance civic engagement. Um, so that, that would be kind of generally for all of the different pieces of um, the research that exists is that we need, to, we need to be more specific. We need to be able to come up with tangible and replicable practical design strategies so that others can replicate. Um, another issue that there's a, a lack of research is around um, place and wayfinding for, um, for voting. So there isn't a lot of research around um, the, the signage and wayfinding that connects a community to its voting place. Um, and we feel like that's an important area of study, but at the moment the evidence base doesn't, uh, isn't very strong in that area. Are there other experiments you'd like to run, notions that you have about what the specific design elements that may matter to move people to civic engagement? It's such an interesting, juicy question to me because, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I think that the way we approach engagement today is it's sort of what you do after you've done everything else in your in your normal life. And for most of us, there's not a lot of time left after we you know, do all the things you have to do in a day, um, then to think about 
okay, so now I'm going to write the letter or now I'm going to go to my neighborhood meeting or now I'm going to go to a you know town hall meeting, whatever the case may be. Uh, it feels like an add-on to mm -hmm. regular life. And I think what, what is really interesting to me about the work you're doing, if you could integrate civic engagement into the normal course of daily life, then I think it becomes uh, you know, you could you could really have a massive impact. I think in the same way today, if I have to get in my car and go to a park to walk around the track in the park, I'm not nearly as likely to do it as I am to walk to work or walk to the corner store or just make walking a part of my daily, if walking is a part of my daily life. So so this is really, to me, kind of the, the nub of the uh, of, of this opportunity. So tell me what you think may matter. So I think what we intuitively feel and what the evidence base actually is really supporting, and it is really looking at how to create these compact, walkable communities. Because I think to respond to what you just said, the getting in the car piece um, is an isolating factor. And the walking around your community actually brings you in contact with your neighbors. And so that then starts to create these bonds of trust. Um, it also really starts to influence your um, identifying with a particular neighborhood, um, which increases your stewardship of that place. So if I am interacting with the same street every day because I'm walking to the park or I'm walking my dog or I'm walking to work or to the shops, it then you begin to have a sense of ownership. Uh, you see the changes. You understand when things are different. Um, and you definitely, there's evidence that's showing that you, are, you begin to build up that kind of sense of stewardship. So the walking to me seems really essential. Um, there's also evidence um, that, it, that even a small increase in distance to your voting place has a measurable impact on the rate of voting. So there's something there that we're very interested in. Um, so there's just actually just recently, a couple of weeks ago, a study came out showing that very small increase in distance has this impact on voting rates. So, so there's, there's definitely a big piece to play in creating these walkable, compact communities. Um, so we think that that is going to be one of those kind of pivotal pieces that we can, we can look at these compact, walkable communities and, and really get down to the kernel of what is it specifically that is increasing that sense of civicness or that trust in your neighbor um, and, and really identify that down into this distilled sense of design strategies. So mm -hmm. that, that is, that's, where we're, that's where we're aiming. So that's just one piece of it, but it does seem to be crucial. So it turns out that if walking is a key to civic engagement, just as walking is a key to uh, physical health, I mean, that's a <laughs> that's a win-win. In other words, we don't have to design for one and then design for the other. We can design for both at the same time. That would be nice. Yeah, no, we've really found this. So when we started we were looking at this as two different buckets. So one was the active design and the encouraging physical activity, research, evidence, design strategies. The other were the civic engagement and different outcomes, different metrics. And what is fascinating as this work progresses is exactly what you're saying, and that is that there are design strategies that really significantly overlap for the two pieces of work, and that we're seeing that a healthy community is an engaged community. So it's the Obviously, for us, for our mission, it's a, it's a great synergy. Um, but I also think that it, it makes it so much more tangible and something that is we're going to be able to advocate for this on many different levels.
Joanna, what's the timeline for your work? What happens now? Um, so we have an, we have three three years of. Uh, funding from the Knight Foundation, which is fantastic. Um, so what we're doing at the moment is we've just spent the last about year reverse engineering uh, the active design process. Um, so this really helped us to clarify our thinking about how we reach those specific design strategies. So obviously there's a process. I can't say a walkable street will increase voter registration. Um, so I have to be able to, to kind of take that along a series of logical steps. So we've been doing a lot of work around how to, how to create that framework, how to create the fabric of understanding and thought process so that we can, we can have like a defensible connection between design and civic engagement. So that work we are building on and we are beginning to take the framework out to the public, um, to night cities, to participants of other night funding, um, to really kind of kick the tires on the framework. Does it make sense? Does it hold up when we put this into practice? It's really important to us that these are practical and implementable. So we don't want to come up with theoretical solutions that then don't work in practice. So really important to us that we do that. Um, so that's one piece and that's ongoing. Um, we all were just at South by Southwest, um, had a great workshop session with their audience um, and looked at this actually from kind of a wide perspective of different creative fields. Um, so that was great to get that input. Um, the other piece that we're going to be doing is to start to look at um, how to fill in these uh, knowledge gaps of research um, by doing experiments. Um, so we're in the process of designing experiments um, that will begin to inform those areas that are uh, currently missing from the evidence base. Um, and so those experiments are going to be um, taking part in night cities. So we're going to be working with uh, other communities and working with organizations that have been funded by Knight um, and see how we can actually do these uh, natural experiments um, on, on, on projects that are happening in, across Knight cities. So that's really exciting. That obviously will inform the evidence base for this work, but also for, for others as well. Um, another piece that we're going to be really looking at are case studies. So are there examples of individual buildings or communities um, that actually exhibit the characteristics that we're looking for um, and maybe they got there through happenstance, um, can we then look at those case studies and again reverse engineer it to figure out the specific drivers of that kind of behavior and then use that to illustrate um, how to actually implement the design strategies that we end up um, putting in this set of design guidelines. And then the, the ultimate uh, for this piece will be to have a set of design guidelines um, that really are this uh, systematic set of, of uh, practical design strategies that are based in the evidence um, and to have that so that we can take it out to the communities that we want to work with um, and that who we will have been speaking to over the next three years. So we're going to be building demand for this set of design guidelines. We're going to be making the case as to why this is an important piece of the puzzle if you are a mayor or if you are a real estate developer or if you are a local elected official. Like why, what, what is the motivation of you to use this and what is the opportunity um, and the challenge? What are the challenges to using this? So we really want to get this set of design guidelines into the hands of those who are making the decisions around our infrastructure um, and our building, the design of our buildings. 
so that they will immediately be implemented. Uh, so it's going to include looking for policy opportunities that are happening, um, looking for large investments in infrastructure so that we can influence that, looking at uh, the underlying documents, uh, similar to the zoning that I spoke about, about the Sacramento. Are there those opportunities happening throughout the country that we can then begin to inform? So that's, that's what we're doing. <laughs> Well, I I love the um, I love this work. It it's I, when you describe it, it sounds a little wonky. When I describe it, it sounds a little wonky. <laughs> but but I know that for a foundation that is uh, built on the belief that informed and engaged communities are fundamental to a strong democracy, I, I can't think of anything more important than to understand how the built environment the the you know, the, the communities we live in and the way they're designed, um, how that might influence uh, increased civic engagement, I think is a really will be a very important contribution to the field. Joanna, I appreciate the Center for Active Design uh, making that contribution and we look forward to the results. Thanks so much for being our guest on Night Cities. Thank you. My pleasure. Joanna Frank is founding executive director of the Center for Active Design. You can follow us on Twitter at hashtag Night Cities and at C. Coletta. Sign up for our newsletter at nightfoundation.org forward slash podcast to get the five things you should know from this interview and others. You've been listening to Night Cities. I'm Carol Coletta.